Hello and welcome to I Don't Know, the podcast. I'm your host, Kamil. In this series, we're going to delve into the most terrifying and outrageous mysteries of the paranormal and try to find the answers to questions that no one wants to ask. Are ghosts real? I don't know. What are UFOs? I don't know. Are witches hot? Maybe. I don't know. This week, I go to the ancient town of Rye and visit Britain's most haunted pub, the Mermaid Inn, and talk to the very attractive owner, Judith Blinko. We delve into the shocking history. We discover the real naughty chair, and we find out the shocking truth about Johnny Depp. Listen on if you want to know what I don't know. I left London St Pancras Station on a train heading for the stormy south coast of England. Leaving the big city, the old Smoky, I can't help but wonder what would await me in mysterious rye. Will the locals accept me? Are their superstitions just too entrenched in their minds? Do they even have podcasts? I had had only two whiskey drinks as the train pulls into my station. It is dark and a storm is brewing. Is this an omen? I gather my belongings and make my way through the cobbled wet streets of this ancient town. Where I'm used to walking through places like Leicester Square and King's Road, the street names in Rye tell a much more sinister story. Names like Gun Garden, Rope Walk, Turkey Cock Lane. I arrive at the Mermaid Inn and announce my arrival. From the dark staircase to the left descends the very attractive Judith. She greets me warmly and we begin. First to the cellar, the oldest part of the inn. Going down to the cellar with a stranger, I just hope I'm not walking into some sort of fritzel situation. Is this the cellar that is dates back to like 1150 something? Yeah, so this is 1156. It's mm-hmm. data carbon tested, so I know that's true. I had done my research, and Judith was obviously impressed. But this would have been twice as deep, and the original way into here is not the stairs we've just walked down, which are about only 300 years old. Mm-hmm. It would have been the tunnel that would have run under the building, which oh. would link to the other beer cellar, the other side of the building. So they're going to come back in a, in a few months' time, and they're going to put a tiny drill hole down with a camera mm-hmm. and see what's down there, because I know somewhere here is a huge treasure chest, and it's mine. Buried treasure? Suddenly, Judith became even more attractive. Six. If we go back up the stairs in a minute, mm-hmm. across the foyer, they've discovered a secret tunnel um, under the foyer. Like a Scooby-Doo tunnel uh, or something well, no, like built, that. built, because if you can imagine, everything in Rye was burnt down in 1377, mm-hmm. so we were rebuilt in 1420, so it's 900 years old here, and mm-hmm. we're going to be 600 years old next year. I've only been here 36 years. So, <laughs> so do you own this place? Yes. Or? Oh, you're very lucky. It's absolutely beautiful. Something completely different. I came mm-hmm. to stay for a year and stay for 36. This cannot be true. 
by my estimation, Judith would have been about 10 years old when she bought the inn. Confused, I decide not to address my concerns and we ascend the stairs to the lounge. So this is, so it's nine foot by four foot here, yeah. underneath, and that's where the barrels were. In that lounge, at the far end by the fire, there's like a, a nine foot drop, which would have been hiding people. And they put, managed to get a camera in there to have a look round, and then discovered that uh, uh, the camera had fallen off. So they only got a bit of oh, footage. No. But it shows all the horseshoes. Uh, it's all lined with horseshoes for good luck, because they're so superstitious. With all these horseshoes on the walls, there must have been a lot of horses wandering around in their socks. We move to the dining room and settle in by the fire. Judith now tells me more about the history of the Mermaid Inn. However, upon listening back, it sounds like some entities were not happy with her divulging this information. Listen carefully and see if you can hear them. But a friend of ours was writing a book, mm. and for this book she needed an awful lot of history, so she booked an appointment in the keep near Brighton, uh. which is where all the... Um, uh, all the documents from all the town halls from hundreds of years get stored and you book an appointment you have to wear your white gloves and you get mm -hmm. all the paperwork. So this lady was finding out all the documents for her book and she, she saw a bill of sale and what caught her eyes it had the Mermaid Inn written on it. Mm -hmm. So she read it and it was uh, from 1597 and it was when John Faltro, the owner of the Mermaid, became Mayor of Rye and he paid 20 shillings and this was the bill of sale for the 20 shillings to the, to the Chamberlain's men to perform at his wedding, uh, at his marrying, sorry, mm -hmm. and the uh, the chief shareholder of the Chamberlain's men signed for the twenty shillings, and, and it was the, it was um, William Shakespeare's group, and William Shakespeare was the chief shareholder. No. And a few years back, we had all the murals cleaned, and that wall was just totally brown. And if you ever want anything preserved, smoke at it because it was covered in nicotine, and we had it washed, and you now can see the actors on the hill, the musicians. And there are all the people sitting around the dining table, and that's right, church, celebrating the mayoring of John Faltrow oh, back wow. in 1597. And that's why I still smoke. My lungs are perfectly preserved. The room is comfortable, and the company warm and delightful. So why do I feel unnerved and ill at ease? So on, on the old haunted front, mm -hmm. um, in here we've got two chairs. That's the bad luck chair, and that's the good luck chair. Now the bad luck chair, they date from about 1600 and they were built for witches' covens. Now that bad luck chair, that's, um, it's, it's, the back is like a ram or something, It's a goat. Isn't it? It's a goat. Yeah. Alright, ram, goat, what's the difference? It, it, it looks but like it's, it's, it's pretty much bad luck. But when photos and well, paintings were first done of the mermaid, that was always here. Really? And it was usually in the fireplace, but obviously it's very valuable. I mean, they go for thousands of pounds now. And uh, so rather than having it by the roaring fire, because we've got the second largest fireplace in, in England, the largest one being in um, Hampton Court. Hampton Court, yeah. So uh, that um, was in there, so we've taken it out for preservation reasons. <laughs> it's obviously too big. And that's the Welsh High Stedford. You've got the dragons for good luck, mm -hmm. and then you've got the goat, it's the bad luck chair. Yeah, I don't like that bad luck chair. It's quite funny, because I take, here's, here's a nice story for you, I take all the kids around in the south of England really when mm -hmm. they're studying um, smuggling and I have to talk to kids from the age of about five up to twenty from the language school and uh, I took one group of school kids around once and there's this little girl she's about seven years old and she was a real pain she jumped <laughs> on the chair she kicked a friend slammed the wardrobe door she was just a nightmare taking around and we came in here and I said to the kids right why don't you just all touch the good luck chest they all queued up nicely she went and sat in that one 
And my husband was a teacher at the local school at the time, and he phoned me in the afternoon and said, you know you're going to get sued. And I said, why is that? And he said, well, she's fallen over and broken her arm on the way back to no. school. So what goes around comes around, and don't sit on the phone. <laughs> I'm not going to touch that thing. Look. That bad luck chair, I can feel its two goatee rammy eyes bearing into my back like a pair of icy penises. I just hope Judith doesn't make me sit in it like a detested six-year-old. It's got a witch's ball on the ceiling. Mm -hmm. We were actually on the first of a series of Most Haunted. They were only ever going to do like ten programmes, and I think we were number seven. And it, then it was on a repeat loop on Sky, and we always knew when it was being shown, because our switchboard would be inundated with people wanting to stay in the room as featured. Ah, uh, yes. Britain's Most Haunted. This is the correct team from Britain's Most Haunted. How do ghosts know about time? Do they not, if they're, well, you know, if they're on the other side, is yeah. there not such a thing as, as time? But they're still, if we're talking about <coughs> a, an active spirit in a property, a beautiful property like this, there's no time in the true world of spirits. There's no clock watching. Mark. But if they're in our atmosphere, our ether, they can understand. They can see clocks. That's right. Ghosts don't have wristwatches. And this is Derek Akora, most haunted psychic medium. You know, they took her life from her. Anne. Annie. Annie. Bertles. 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 So life was taken from who? And so is this. Take it out, Sam. But enough of that. Let's get back to Judith. So what, what sort of people come and stay here? Is it mostly people that have read about um, the hauntings? Or? Well, no, it's, we've got 31 rooms and we sleep mm -hmm. 70 guests a night. So people come from all around the world. We were the first ever hotel to win the Queen's Water Industry for export i.e. the number of tourists that come into the country. Mm -hmm. But I would say now 50% of our guests are from London, but people come back for r romantic weekends, you know, yeah. early four poster. We've got two rows at restaurants, so there's no reason. You know, so we've got the romance element, and then you've got the scary element, because we've got, of I our 31 rooms... Well, it's, it's very reasonably priced as well. Well, of, of our 31 yeah. rooms, we only have six rooms that people say they see things in, mm -hmm. not the others. It's always the same six, and they will see the same things, and that's what is a bit unnerving. Hmm. But everyone downstairs they got witch's ball, so if a witch walks past the window, puts an evil spell on, it reflects back and brings us good luck, so it wards off evil spirits. Uh -huh. And that's why you put balls on Christmas tree to ward off evil spirits. I didn't know that. There you are, learning curve. <laughs> so, and even in the fireplace in the bar, it's spoiling in that moment, but you've got the um, three concentric, concentric circles, mm -hmm. in, which is again um, a, a sign of witchcraft. Yeah, Father, Son and Holy Ghost, which is Holy oh, Trinity, right. to, again, to ward off evil spirits. But even with the inn protected from witches, it seems there are some things that we cannot be protected from. So room one, we got a poltergeist. Is that the one with the chair that moves that you took no, out? No, that's of? 17. In oh. room one, it's a bit of a weird one because, oh, being here for 36 years, every year at some stage you... you Mr. and Mrs. Boring have come to stay the night mm -hmm. and they've gone to bed and they've taken their clothes off and left them on one chair and when they wake up in the morning their clothes have moved to the other chair and they'll be arguing all the way back to who moved it, <laughs> no you did it and it's not as if we're sneaking in with a pass key you know, like, Oh and aren't like they sometimes wet as well? Or... Yeah and one of them, mm -hmm. it, and we look, there's no leaks, there's no pipes so again, unless they're winding each other up but it's always that room I certainly know of one wife who would rather blame her husband than a poltergeist 
like that time she found ectoplasm on the curtains. And I took a medium round all the rooms once. We got to that room and she said to me, do you ever have any trouble here with things moving? And I'm like, how did you know that? <laughs> it's like my husband's a total sceptic, thinks it's all local, that everything's a coincidence. Well, um, I, I mean, me mediums, I mean, I did my research a little bit so I knew what was going on here, but mm. there's no reason a medium can't do that. I quizzed Judith further. Same thing. How often do you get people reporting stuff? Or? Oh, we had a, a big blogger group in last night, because um, yeah. it's Halloween. Oh, Everyone's course, entitled yeah. their five minutes of fame, and I was live on the Des O'Connor show doing my ghost stories about seven, room 17. Because that had a rocking chair in the corner, which would rock for no reason. Mm -hmm. And the girl, the chambermaids, they would only ever go, go in the room in twos because they were too scared to just do, the, do it by themselves. Oh, so wow. we actually took the rocking chair out and it's now in the corridor. But we always, always, every Halloween, get asked to put it back in the room. <laughs> Does anyone bring their own rocking chair? Personally, I thought that was a great question. Yes. Lots of people come and hope that they're going to see things. I had, I think it's on YouTube now, but someone stayed um, leaving their camera running slow all night mm -hmm. um, and then they watched it back at half past three. You see a figure appear in the corner of the room and you see a light go thum. And I kept thinking, it was a moth, it, would go, it wouldn't just go in a straight line down. Yeah, I saw and that you can video. Hear metal on metal. Mm -hmm. But the scary thing about that was, we've tried to make that pit, the picture appear, you know, the, the um, silhouette, but we couldn't do it. We kept thinking, we moved the furniture and we're doing all sorts. And then about two weeks later, um, a chat stayed the night and uh, he woke up and just decided to take three photos of the room mm -hmm. and sent them to me. And it was digital camera and the middle photo has got the same figure in it and digital camera, it's half past three. Oh, wow. Do, 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 do. <laughs> but my husband was like, it's coincidence. <laughs> Have you or your husband actually experienced anything yourself? Or? Um, he never would, even if he did, he'd just deny it. <laughs> but um, I've had two strange things. One was um, there's a, going up the stairs to room one. Mm -hmm. um, it's open plan, so you, you can see what's up there. And as you go down, you do have to hold the rail and be careful because it's very steep. And as I was going up there, I could see there was a lady up there with long flowy hair, long flowy dress. And I then you just carry on and you turn around and she'd gone. Now, where did she go? Because there were no keys out, there were no rooms let in that section. And she'd have to be the speediest of all speedy runners to get away from me. Where did she go? So I can't explain that one. But as my husband says, she's probably very quick. Coincidence. <laughs> but going back to this medium, we went round all the rooms in the hotel. And when we got up to room 19, she said to me, this room has got something to do with you personally. And I thought, stupid woman, out you go. And I looked around the room and thought, oh, gosh, it's the only room in the hotel that had my mother's furniture in it and she only just passed away, but there were some nice bits that worked in the room. And then she said to me, and this is a really freaky bit, you've been hung three times in a previous life. At which point I think, you drunk woman, out you go. <laughs> anyway, well, in 2000, I was paralyzed from the neck down and they had to cut my throat open at the front. So I looked like I'd been hung. In 2002, for no reason, I was paralyzed from the neck down again and they had to cut in. And I'm slowly losing feeling in this arm and they will, you know, have to do it again, but mm -hmm. my surgeon said, you know, I can last out as long as you can. But they will have had to cut me my neck open three times at the front. They scanned and checked all my other vertebrae. I'm absolutely fine apart from those three, right. which would have caused me to look like I've hung myself. Oh, which wow. Which is very, very That's very strange. I never want yeah. my palms red. I never want to see a crystal ball. 
No, I'd, I'd, I'd rather not know, to be honest. That was... Judith pulled down the collar of her red sweater and showed me the visible scars on the porcelain skin of her supple neck. And now we find the truth about Johnny Depp. And I, I, I saw Johnny Depp stayed here. You three times, yeah. yeah. He, he books in under a fictitious name usually, and uh, <laughs> uh, last time he was Mr. Juan Flamingo. Juan <laughs> Flamingo. You just knew someone, and he was lovely. He was really, really lovely. Johnny Depp, A.K.A. Juan Flamingo. Why would the star of The Lone Ranger and Mordecai be using an alias? What was he trying to hide? Probably something to do with scarves. I was reading that you have like eight ghosts here, or eight spirits, or eight different well, it's types of things that happen. And then you've got this lady that's supposed to sort of walk, walk the corridors, which in theory you've got, as we, we you know, I took you down into the cellar and the lounges and things. Mm -hmm. If you think about it, 900 years worth of looking, you know, serving people. You've got the Hawkehurst gang, who were famous in this area, that, so there's a, a record of them sitting in our bar with the guns on the table, pistols mm -hmm. on the table, and no one would ever say anything against them because they got nailed alive to their front doors as a punishment. So, are the ghosts, the older ones, I, I think, you know, the lady's supposed to be like a barmaid that said things too much. I mean, all I did when we first bought the hotels, go down the library and get all the stories I could, and the first stories date from about 1900, which is this, the one in room 16, with uh -huh. people fighting, one killing the other in the corner, and That's the body right, disappears. And that lands down to the bottom of the bar. And that's the first recorded story. But it is, it is the, the least, the people that stay here that you would least expect to say they'd seen something, mm -hmm. that see something. Is it, it the people that want to see something actually don't? And uh, I'm, I mean, I'm a true believer in that. I would love to open a wardrobe and there's Narnia the other side. You know, <laughs> that would be my heaven. But it hasn't happened yet. I'll keep opening wardrobes. <laughs> Indeed, with over 900 years of history, witches spells and a murderous smuggling gang, it would be more amazing if there weren't any supernatural occurrences. I do, however, find Judith's Narnia tales a little bit too far-fetched, so I make my excuses and leave. I bid everyone a fond farewell and walk out to the rainy, cobbled streets. After entertaining my family with tales of my adventures at the Mermaid Inn, we decided to return the next day. My daughter wanted to see the good luck chair and the bad luck chair, and I asked her about her experiences. I'm here with my daughter Lola, and I'm going to ask her about her experience of the good luck chair. Now Lola, look at me. Yeah. Get closer to the mic. Yeah. Okay. Now you sat in the good luck chair, didn't you? Yeah. And what were your experiences? Um. Well, I sat in it, and it was really heavy as well, because I tried to pick it up. And then the next day, I won loads of prizes at the arcade, and um, I won this toy on my first try. Oh, and you didn't think of buying a lottery ticket or anything like that? No, but I won the jackpot twice. Oh, well, that's very good. Okay, you, you can leave now. You're free to leave. Bye. Bye. She's 26. Episode, Episode one, 1, The Mermaid Inn, the, the Epilogue. So what have we learnt from my hard-hitting, no-holds-barred investigation into The Mermaid Inn? We learnt that spirits do not like K-Mill poking around. In the keep near Brighton, uh -huh. which is where all the... Um, 
we learned a goat and a ram are two different things. It's like a ram or something. It's a goat. Isn't it? It's a goat. Yeah. And we learned that a lady likes Johnny Depp a lot. Someone, and he was <laughs> lovely. He was really, really lovely. But this is the end of my investigation of the Mermaid Inn. I hope to return one day. If you enjoyed this podcast, please let us know. Join the Facebook group and Instagram, I Don't Know the Podcast. If you want to email anything, that would be I Don't Know Pod at Outlook.com. I Don't Know the Podcast was written and produced and everything else by Keith Miller. And we'll play out with Professor and the Madman. Look them up on the show notes.